Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Pluto TV is as easy as it is free, and it's totally free, with over 300 channels and thousands of TV shows and movies. Finding what you love has never been easier. Just open the app, and something good will already be playing, because it's curated by real humans who love TV as much as you do. So you'll spend a lot less time scrolling and a whole lot more time watching. That's why Pluto TV is TV the way it should be. All you need to do is download the app and start streaming. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. Hey, everybody. Good news. We're doing the Comedy Fantasy Camp again. Jay Leno's going to be there. I'm going to be there. John Lovitz is going to be there. Caroline Ray is going to be there. Many, many other big comedians are going to be there. February 29th through March 3rd. Tickets are going to go fast, and it's all going to culminate at the world-famous Hollywood Improv. So come and join us at the Comedy Fantasy Camp and work with the pros. Get your tickets at ComedyFantasyCamp.com. Globally, humans are facing massive problems that are widely ignored by governments and the media. Like personal space invaders. I had it with these couples that sit on the same side of the booth. Yak mouths. Stupid stick figure bumper stickers. Almond milk. You cannot milk an almond. Hi, I'm Jennifer. And I'm Angie. We call her Pumps, and we're the hosts of I've Had It. Pumps, tell the listener where they can find us. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nailed it. See you next Tuesday. Recorded live at Corolla One Studios with Dr. Spaz and board-certified physician and addiction medicine specialist, Dr. Drew Pinsky. You're listening to The Dr. Bruce and Dr. Drew Show. All right. All right, indeed. Get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get it on. Emmy knows how to make us happy. Brilliant. I'm telling you, it's brilliant. I'm going to bring Bruce back just to hear that some more, that intro. Dr. Spaz. Everyone knows Bruce Heishober, Dr. Bruce, Dr. Spaz. He's been, uh, like I said, alongside my career since, were we in our 20s when we first met? Oh, 89 or oh my 90. God. Yeah, a long time ago. <sighs> where were you then? I'm trying, I, I remember where I was. Loma I remember, Linda, emergency medicine. Just and emergency medicine at that point? You were doing, so doing, you were doing addiction there I was doing adolescent too. addiction at Redlands right, Community right, Hospital. That's what it was, yeah, yeah, 87 yeah. to 90, and then went to Riverside. Did you and you did residency over at Loma Linda? Loma Linda, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, doing filling in for you on Love Line did not endear me to the Adventist Health System. Oh, oh really? <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, it was you know. Well, then I did that radio show for Loma Linda, the Ask Your Doctor thing. So, well, remember in those days, this is what people can't appreciate. It was radical to talk to adolescents and young adults about reproductive health right. and STIs. Radical. And at the time, we had an epidemic on our hands. HIV was out of control. With a, it, by the time you came along, I think we had not a hundred percent fatality rate, but hundred percent within five years, I'd say. Not a hundred percent within six months, with which what it was during the eighties. And it was radical to talk about it. I mean, think about it. Right. What a how? Come on. Yeah, I think adolescent medicine now. I don't. I am not as much up on it. But back then. 
you guys did a love line from the World Adolescent Medicine Conference at one point. You and Adam, do you oh, remember that? Me and Adam? I think it was me and Poor Man then, wasn't it? No, no, no. Oh, me no. and Adam did it? You and Adam did a love line I broadcast remember, I, from the American Society of Adolescent Medicine's meetings in L.A. Yes, I remember that. I remember and, that. And they Disneyland or something, wasn't it? Was it out there? It was or at Anaheim a hotel or? somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they recognized – so the the interesting thing – But that, we've been doing it for 10 years at that point. No, no, no. This was like 90 – this had to be 95, 96, 97. 14 years at that point. Oh, right. You, but not with Not, not with, with them. Oh, right. Them. A, different, no, no. a different time. But not only did no one talk about reproductive health, but substance abuse issues. I remember I filled in one time, and and the brilliance was you, you were able to hold the line as a professional, mm-hmm. right? You weren't, you know, sort of like – Being uh, goofy. Right. And yeah. Adam was – brilliant but to the point i remember a kid called in and this i got i got not heat but i remember a couple of the doctors that would listen they went oh you shouldn't be doing that making fun of kids kid calls in like absolutely stoned and he goes uh dude can i get brain damage from smoking out of an aluminum bong and you know adam just went you know he made i forget what he said but the point with with adam's making fun of him was it's not the aluminum bong you have to worry about it's the pot right yeah yeah. and it was brilliant right old man and and the studies i'd seen said look if you want to if you want to um counteract advertising for alcohol for for whatever cigarettes the only way is with humor yes and and so it was brilliant it was like any kid listening to that, what the message got through, got through all the... Well, there was even a bigger discipline that developed around HIV, right? And I, I knew it instinctively because I was 24 years old. And and you, what, what they, just, they were trying desperately to figure out how to change sexual behavior, right? A fatal illness. And how do you get people not to have sex or to wear a condom? They couldn't figure it out. And Fauci at the time was in, advising, guess what? Use fear. Tell them that they, if they have sex with one person, everyone they ever had sex with, they're having sex with them too. Right. He was he was a maniac about fear. I used it. I apologize now for using it. We see how dysfunctional that is with COVID. Terrible strategy. Never use fear. And in HIV, because it didn't work, we then had a discipline develop. The whole world of how to change behavior developed. And what they discovered was what you needed was – a, a story, a case that was relatable to the audience you want to reach, somebody the same age, same sort of issues, the choices that person makes right. that don't work out, somebody to explain those choices, humor and music. That's it. Yep. That's it. Why did we abandon, fucking totally abandon that during COVID? Completely. We had a whole discipline. It evolved for 20 years as this this well-established discipline. And we just, in COVID, we lost our minds. Like, no, no, we're not going to do that anymore. Yeah. Well, we could have done that during COVID, too, if they want to change. They could do it now if they want to get vaccine adaptation, you know, get more vaccine uptake. Do it now. Well, it's a political cudgel is what COVID <laughs> turned into, I think. And none of the none of the principles that you're talking about were applied to, to COVID in any, way. in any way. So you and I have not had a public political conversation. It does does the current situation shock you? <laughs> like look look at this. Look at this. Adam is in, has interviewed uh, Phil McGraw and here is his book in here. Uh-oh. And on the and I am, you know, Phil's a psychologist. He had a talk show. Did great, Still does apparently. Did great television. He on the back of this book, I admire so much what this man is saying. So much. I'm a thousand percent behind what he's saying in this book. The book is called 
we've got issues. <laughs> He's right. Mm-hmm. We've got issues. I mean, I cannot stand behind him more completely. We do have issues. What do you think they are? <laughs> God, my son told me, don't talk politics, Dad. Well, you don't have to get deep into it. I mean, just sort of generally. It's, it's, you know, Adam and I talk about this crap all the time. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I, look, I'm not saying who do we vote for. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying what do we think has happened here? Because I, I've been thinking a lot about the sweep of history and about trends in history. And I saw a tweet by uh, Elon Musk this morning. It was a retweet of a tweet about the Roman, the city of Rome, how it was the biggest city in history with a million plus people. And it wasn't until the 1800s that London was again able to come back to that level. And he said in his tweet, uh, he just simply said, um, civilizations rise, civilizations fall. And I thought, why is that? I mean, people love to say it as though it's some sort of mathematical process, but I'm beginning to believe that it has something to do with the way we raise kids over mm-hmm. time and the way families change over time and the way values change over long periods of time, that things decay. They decay. And when they decay, and religion, which you know has a useful I- input, changes or decays. Do you agree? Uh, I agree. I, I could just... <laughs> It, I could say that my own experience on a, on a firsthand basis, the, the, there's a very strong narrative out there, and it's being pushed by, you know, I, re, I have a New York Times uh, subscription every day. I start reading that. And you, you MSNBC. Still, I can't read it anymore. No. Well, right. So, so Which breaks seen, my heart. Right. And, and then there's – I did a thing with a certain UC system – it's just an informal thing talking about because I'd done some substance abuse stuff in the community, uh, opiates, fentanyl, and I just I just happened to mention with the you know with the with the border being porous and all this fentanyl coming in. Oh, oh, Dr. Heischelberg, hang on, and I, I said what? And they go, the the border's not open. I go, oh, okay, and and then I said, well, can I say that there's a ton more fentanyl? And they ended up saying to me, maybe you're seeing things through your white. Yeah. <laughs> Privilege filter. Oh, yeah, you right. always do. I've noticed that about right. you. <laughs> and then, you know, I have very little, like when you asked how can people get a hold of me, I don't know. I mean, I don't have any any uh, presence on the internet. I'm not a celebrity. But because if somebody Googles me, I'm hooked up, you know, they'll see you, they'll see mm-hmm. Adam, who are, you guys have had some exposures being white racists, of course. A, racist? Attacks. Well, you know, that you're That's not. That's something I've you're not, not but, been accused well, we, of. But, I don't think. Well, we all... But in, inherently, based on the oppressor-oppressed system, right? And I mean, Israel's racist, white males are inherently, because of inherent bias, right? Okay. So I'm I, saying- I, I have no problem. Listen, I um, have studied the words of Frederick Douglass very carefully, and he opened my eyes to these issues. Right. Uh, and I, I have no doubt that my, certainly, I don't know about white, but Eurocentric- ideas uh for sure for sure have have influenced me and i need to pay attention to that for sure right i wouldn't call those racist per se but i guess they bleed into that and of course you know i come from a a highly oppressed population that was escaping the holodomor and had to come through canada to get into this country and find back in those days we had to have uh, sponsors bring us in uh so hmm, i've had an interesting you know journey into this country but okay all right, I have to watch it. it I did. Right, come from so Eastern I didn't, Europe. I'm not saying you were. I'm just saying that there's, you know, you're, 
you know, male, pale, stale, right? Okay. It's, and that's and so if you disagree with anything in terms of talking about ethics, race, then it becomes like they said to me through your white privilege filter. How is fentanyl getting here? Did you ask them? They said through checkpoints. Okay, and but, and it's but and it's, it's no right. different than under under Trump, and then Trump comes I, I, up, and I'm I don't, like, I don't care about Trump. I, 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 care, little, I what I care I is care the word porous. I don't care. Porous means it's getting through. Right. I don't care what it's getting through. It's getting through. So shut the fuck up. That that's my you know that look Elon Musk's words. Absolutely. <laughs> go fuck yourself. Those are his words. We need to adopt. We need to use them much 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 more often. Right. Porous. Use the word porous. Okay, let's yeah. keep talking about an important issue that's killing people. Right. So what's going on now? It's that it seems like it's very difficult to have a discourse, and and it's so polarizing. I mean, I'm not saying anything that a million other people haven't said, but even in the practice of medicine, you have to be careful in terms of you know what you say, how you say it, who you're saying it to, and um, you know, so politically. I think I'm more libertarian. I don't know. Um, yeah, I thought I was. Li- uh, when, when you're libertarian, you get you get accused of being right. I thought it was left libertarian. <laughs> I thought it was liberal, liberal libertarian. Right. But you get accused if you're a libertarian of being right. Right. And uh, and the fact that your free speech is impinged upon is disgusting, and yeah. thereby, of course, you're unable to to discourse openly on the scientific matters of the day, which are really what medicine's all about. So the whole practice then becomes adulterated. Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, no IVF. It's like the the extreme right, the extreme left. It's like it's uh, They're insane on both sides. Insane on both sides. Uns- uh, that's no good. No bueno. Yeah. Most of us are not there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I have a Christian background, right? So, and again, then you get into, well, that's the, you know, the Judeo-Christian, the Eurocentric, then that's, that's bad. Okay. Well, what? listen, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, one well. thing, uh, it's, it's different. <laughs> it's one thing to say, you need to pay attention because you come from that background, which I, I, absolutely, yay, let's yeah. do that. Number one. Number two, to say you're bad because your heritage comes from that. Man, everybody's got problems then. Everybody. Right. Well, if, if my filter it's saying I have a filter, that's basically saying my touch I'm out of t- I can't be in touch with reality and there's nothing I can do to change it. <laughs> yeah, the so. nothing I do to change it part is is pathetic. Right. I mean, and, yeah. But but then the 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 Christian thing, it's like if you I mean, I see I think they should leave abortion and the stuff. They should leave it out of it. As a physician, I, I you know, I want to have a discussion. It's like, okay, it's some at the point of viability if if you kill a woman that's pregnant, then it's it's a murder. You've murdered two people, right? Yeah. And yet, yeah. so I want. And uh, how do you have that discussion? Because the minute, even if you say third, oh, it's women's right. It's like, well, you know. So it's, it seems like it's. I don't I don't have all the answers, but I want to have the discussion. But then now I'm afraid to say this is where it gets into freedom of speech issues. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like Saul Alinsky's thing. It seems like right now the progressive side is, it's like Saul Alinsky's 13 rules of radicals, accuse the other side of what you're doing. These guys are, there's some sort of fascism because I'm not afraid to say, I don't like KK, the KKK, I hate. But if I say the first thing that might, you know, offend a progressive then I'm in, I'm in huge trouble. And that's- Well, that's, unfortunately, everyone has to stand up and start saying those things. That's the reality. We, we have an obligation right now. Do it judiciously. Do it prudent, prudentially you know, with using prudence. But we, ha- we have to do it. We have to stand up. Yeah. 
and I would say on the abortion front, I, I'm looking for the same thing you're looking for, which is consistency. That <laughs> you're you're saying why is it murder if a woman you know yeah. who's pregnant? Why is it two murders? While if you just take the one out, it's not a murder. <laughs> you're not done anything, right? And then the and, IVF thing, it's like a, a well on the IVF thing, it's insane. Yeah, but but. Why? Why? I'm gonna. I don't know this for sure, but I'm gonna bet in that same state you can use an IUD. Oh yeah, right. IUDs are abortifacients. They cause abortion. It's what that. That's how an IUD functions. And yet, no problem with those. Yeah. So I just want people to acknowledge scientific reality and be consistent. That's all. That, I just want to start there, and they can't even do that. And that to me means, okay, well, now you're not interested in anything except being a problem. Now you're just interested in exerting your will on other people. Yeah. So if, you're gonna, if you were going to be totally consistent, you probably would get rid of both birth controls altogether because all birth control hormonal contraceptives can have a potential to interfere with implantation, which the strict right to lifers would say is a abortion. All right. But- you're not. You can't have. You can't have that discussion with them either, because then you're. That's right. You're going to have the same. That's my point. Blowback. That's right. So, it's whatever. Let me hear now a word from our friend Jordan Harbinger. On the Jordan Harbinger show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. So you asked me before the mics heated up, um, does uh, Greg Gutfeld ever get in trouble for some of the stuff that's said on that show? Mm-hmm. And you were talking about the expletives that are that are used. They, they they encourage it, yeah. So yeah. The, the, that's the, it's late night. You're allowed to say fuck. They bleep it out. It makes them. I think it makes them seem edgy, cool, something. And so you just talk like people talk. Right. I think they tell you to talk like people talk. They're not telling you to use drop as many f bombs as you can. It seems no, like it's no, pretty, no, no, no. It seems no. like it's a very like natural conversation. Conversation. I, and yeah. I, I think TV shows like that are, I, let's, that's what Politically Incorrect was. Remember that show? Yeah. That was the best show on television, in my opinion. And and, uh, and the, this is a form for us of that. This is like a n- more current app. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's just hit a nerve with the right nerve with people. And that's why it has the listenership. I think that, you know, getting, having comedians start, you know, dialoguing or, uh, you know, having lectures on, I don't want to hear what a what a 
comedian has to say. I want, <laughs> I want to hear the, you know, what comedy is. It's looking at the absurdities. Right. Yeah. And and they mix it up. You know, Kat is not a comedian per se. I mean, she's she liber- is. But she she's is. a libertarian also. She's, she's, not a, a, she's a commentator. You know, she's a right. thinker. And she she has some really interesting ideas and always comes up with an interesting twist on things. And I've, I've always said, I thought the, the reason I really came to the conclusion I'm not truly a libertarian is I got to know her. <laughs> and, and she like is heartless about her libertarian ideals. It's like, just let, let it fly. Don't, nobody gets saved. Everybody falls to the lowest level. It's like, okay. I don't right. know if I'm I can do that. I'm a libertarian until I'd have to be judged by another libertarian. And then you've got to take that extra step like she does. And I can't. I can't yeah, I can't do it. I think, yeah. I think maybe it's our training as physicians that prevent us from going all the way there. Right. And then Ty, what is his name? Tyrus? Tyrus, yeah. yeah. That guy, he seems brilliant. He seems he like is. he's, he's extremely really bright. And yeah. he says it like it is. And yeah. he's, he's African-American. He can say it. And he grew up over here in Pasadena. Yeah, yeah. I think I was. He was a bodyguard for for Snoop, right? I th- I knew he was a bodyguard for a minute for somebody. Was it Snoop? Yeah. I think I filled I filled in for you on Love Line when Snoop was a guest. Yeah. And he had the. I thought it was him and this other guy from the Dog Pound. They pulled out these things like, oh, they're smoking cigars. No, they were blunts or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So about ten minutes into the show, there was so much smoke in the room, I couldn't think straight. I swear to God, I got a contact high. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Especially these days, the weed is so strong. Let's talk about that for a second. So apparently, are are you seeing older people in the? You're not, you're not oh, doing ER anymore. No, what no, you but say? just on addiction medicine. I mean, the yeah. chronic pain patients, invariably, either they're you know they're ch- children of the '60s now. They're all grown up, mm-hmm. and they look to when they have pain, and their docs are taking away their opiates. They're up. Oh, let's go go to the cannabis store or whatever. Right. And or their grandkids are turning them on to high potency uh, uh, cannabis, and it's just devastating for some of them. And so what are you saying? So this is up to 100%, certainly 80, 90% well, you know, is common. anxiety, depression, as they use, you know, it's, it's a typical scenario. For There's just the variable response to cannabis, right? I get cannabis, I, I can't talk, I, when's this going to go away? But if if it does make- <laughs> Lightweight. Right. <laughs> if, their, if their anxiety does improve, then they'll want to do it again. But as you do it again and again and again, it sets you up for for worsening anxiety, psychosis, and so you get these older people that despite them seeing their psychiatrist, they have chronic pain, they're on duloxetine or Effexor for their pain, their depression is getting worse, their anxiety is getting worse. So it, it tends to have that spiraling effect. They don't know what they're getting either. Are they, they're, they're all, you know, if it's their grandkids hooking them up, they're getting gummies, right? Mm-hmm. Are the gummies CB? Oh, they're just CBD. Well, they're CBD with 10% THC. And right. for some people, that's way too much. Or they're getting straight THC. THC. So... You mentioned psychosis. So I remember back in the 90s, lots of debate about just weed cause psychosis no. or does it just kind of bring something on and people who are predisposed or do people with uh, schizophrenia just like weed more? What's your impression on all that now? Oh, with the high potency stuff. It's like, okay, if, if you want to go to the extreme, which if you take pure synthetic THC, what does it do? It makes you psychotic. It's a psychotomimetic, pure and simple. So the higher the potency of THC, the, you know, it becomes purely a psychotomimetic okay. substance. So no longer is there any debate about does weed cause psychosis? It does. Right. Okay. I've seen it a shit ton. I've seen it in family members. I've seen it. It causes severe psychosis. Weed also withdrawal. I've seen more psychotic features in the withdrawal too than I had seen in years past. It was always just kind of, mis- you know, they no sleep, irritability, a little paranoia. 
Now I'm seeing little psychotic stuff creeping into the withdrawal itself, which is interesting. Okay, so now with the high potency, no longer any question, does it cause psychosis? It does. Okay. Uh, does it cause addiction? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no longer any debate about that. Right. And when it does, it's rough. Right. Right? It's very hard to treat people. And plus, they keep drifting back into a culture that tells them it's no big deal. No big deal. That doctor isn't what he's talking about. He's old school. Okay. And Kratom. Kratom and herbal. But we can get to that later. Yeah, I I was just flipping through the series. The song comes on uh, from Roadhouse Blues. The Doors, you know, woke up this morning, got myself a beer. Mm. (laughs) And and I was thinking, woke up this morning and got myself a bowl. Oh, sure. (laughs) Oh, sure. there There is less concern amongst individuals today. I think it's not young, young, middle. Cannabis is not, it, it, it's just harmless, considered harmless, harmless. And it's so much more dangerous. Yeah, than it was. that's right. Now, not to say it's dangerous for all people in all settings or should never be used. We are not saying that, nor are we saying you can't figure out a dose that might be okay and not so dangerous. We're not saying we're, that's, yes. Yeah, but how do you figure out a dose? I, that's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The other thing, now, this is what I was asking about at the beginning in terms of the ER visits. Apparently, 65 plus are showing up with anticholinergic delirium at an extremely high rate. I tried weed recently with a famous person. I had that reaction. <laughs> I almost had a seizure. Seriously? Terrible. Anti- full anticholinergic delirium. I was like, what is happening? That's dry mouth, can't eye photophobia agitation oh shit i'm in an anticholinergic and no high no nothing just misery mm. i and i couldn't drive for five days after that come on yeah yeah mm. crazy right well it's just it's the potency that i don't know what kind of <laughs> it was with some famous weed smokers who would who buy smoke crazy stuff but right uh, well and then you get into the wax i i was i was well my daughter's a, recovering weed addict yeah yeah so she and she was into the wax and stuff i was with a group of people that they were high, highly into cannabis. Anyway, they went to the the pot. What's that pot thing that you go to the <laughs> cannabis fair or whatever yeah. it is? Sure, there anyway, these guys were like, and these guys are daily chronic smokers. Oh man, we got some wax, and they got the the pipe and the whole thing. Yeah, and I watched these guys like a few blast the thing. Yeah, it's like it's a like crack. It's like it's, it's, a, it's oh it's my a, god, they fell literally. These guys, we were watching them. They there's like. Fell off their chairs. Yeah. It's so different. It's a different substance. It's a different. You know, it's funny. The um, I was giving the Legion of Skanks guys some shit about this. Do you know Legion of Skanks? These guys, <laughs> no, Louis Gomez and stuff, and uh, Louis Gomez and David Smith, and yeah, I used to be their intern. What yeah. was I? Was I a guest when you were the intern there? You, you were, yeah. What the fuck? Why did you say something? <laughs> so t- tell me what those guys would do. During- did you have to load up their pipes during the show? Okay, so they didn't know what to do with me for like the longest time. So my job just became giving the comedians and porn stars that ran through the studio drugs like dabs and things. So uh, yeah. mostly I don't. I'll, the only jobs I saw was dabs, uh, which is wax. Yeah. And, and 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 they had those glass pipes. Right. And you would get the blowtorch out and you'd hand it to Lewis. Yeah. You would and, demand it. And they would, and they were not affected by right. it. That was the thing. J, that, uh, big J passed out for like five seconds after doing a really big dab once. But <laughs> besides that, they're cool. Apparently, he's made guests knock out on the show. I wouldn't. Have, I couldn't imagine oh. the the thing. I what what I was telling them during the show. I'm like, guys, how the fuck do you function after taking? And they and they're not doing it once, right? They take like three or four dabs. They're high functioning. Fun. 
high functioning. <laughs> they're they're brilliant. They're brilliant comedians. They're having high level discourse for two hours. I'm going back there next week, by the way. And uh, and they do it on. Please dance. send them my love. I, I will. I absolutely will. <laughs> And they was it at the stand back in those? It's always been at the stand. Always right? at the stand, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, but I I marvel at that. I'm like, how do you guys do this? And uh, and I worry about them because you know one day oh, they're yeah. going to have to do something about this. I right. mean, it's just you can only go the you only do that for so long. Slippery God, slope. And but and so we're both addictionologists, right? My, my feeling on all that is God bless them. God bless them. They can function like that. They like it like that. Good. Fine. When there's trouble, please call me. Yeah. Because it will come. Right. That, the, we, we both know that, right? Right. The problem with high-profile people is they're projecting it's a it's a safe, okay-to-use thing. And then the average kid, what percentage of kids get psychosis? What well, percent does it destroy their lives? And Yeah, I, I get that. But I, I don't want to be that guy. No. That, you know, that, that, goes, <laughs> exactly. uh, that goes, oh, you guys can't do it. Because they don't promote it. They, they would argue that they don't. They just, they're using it. They do it themselves. And they, you know, if you want to use it too... And and that's kind of my libertarian thing, you know. People want to use fine. If you have trouble stopping, we can help. You know what I mean? That's that's no. It's what's a combination. Wrong with that? It's a combination of the capitalism and then the. If you drive to well, when you drive to Arizona, it's like you go through the desert there. It's like I it struck me maybe it's it's that way also. Every other billboard is for a, for a cannabis. You need to use that microphone there, my friend. Uh, <laughs> I'm relaxed. You, you, I'm, I'm chilling. You mean, you mean on, on the way back from Arizona, you mean? Or no, just Arizona? driving just off the 10 freeway. There's like 10 million sides. There's so many. But coming into California. Yeah, either going. I'm just saying that, that stretch, I don't know why it is, but Palm Springs, Palm Desert, every other every other. Oh, uh, I see. In side. California. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. see. Yeah, well, a lot of cannabis. All over the place. Yeah. They, yeah. So, so it's a combination. Sure, these guys aren't promoting it for kids. It's not like they're trying to push. But- there's so many people doing it, and and I think that's the exception. People that can dab and use wax and function. Mm. I mean, the average kid in high school and brain development. I have patients. I, I worry about pregnant. the brain development. I'm pregnant. Oh, the best thing for nausea is is pot. Oh my god. Speaking of which, I, the other thing we're seeing in ER is in addition to 65 year old. Are you going to do this with us today, Chris? Awesome. In in addition to 65 year old plus uh, in the ER. Uh, the other thing is hyperemesis. Oh yeah, and if you hear somebody, <laughs> do you know how many years? Do you know how many years I I screamed? It, this has been around for a while. Oh, hyperemesis, yeah. and it, inevitably, people would come to me and go, "My boyfriend, he vomits every other day, and he's had a gallbladder. They want to take his gallbladder out now. He's had an endoscopy. Right. He's had a CAT scan. I'm like, does he smoke weed? Nobody ever asked." For years now, these the and by the way, the GI guys are not routinely asking. ER is asking finally. Oh yeah, because finally. they come in. finally hear the ambulance come in. One of the last shifts I work, the ambulance comes in and just, and then they they don't believe you. It's like it's I the know. pot. No, it's not the pot. We fucking doctors can't figure out what's wrong. Man. I know. It's like, okay, come in the ambulance and there's a guy on the gurney. It's like, right, screaming. So, so so they used to call it the, early on. They call it scrometing mm-hmm. because they would scream and vomit right, at the same time. Right. right. Yeah, but I've, I've seen less of that, strangely, but a lot of the daily vomit, my daughter had that, had the big workup. Hot shower. Hot shower. VMA <laughs> receptors. And she <laughs> fucking destroyed a rug in my house I'll never forgive her for. And uh, and But her sobriety is glorious and, you know, like her sobriety always is. You know, people, the, the miracle of sobriety is just... 
Yeah. Well, that's why we do this. I tell my patients, um, why don't you go retire? I say, because if anything I've done in medicine, when somebody gets their life back. That's why I got into it. I saw that happen. I was like, what is that? What just happened to this person who was dying, losing everything, all of a sudden, a a miracle. That's why I was sort of not hot on Suboxone, because it seemed to get in the way of that full recovery that that I got involved with this for. I don't object to people using Suboxone. I just wasn't interested in using that. I'm right. certi- I got the X certification, all that stuff, even though we don't even need that anymore, which I find weird. Oh, no, no. But it's it's based on anybody that makes a diagnosis of opiate use disorder. They have to start it. They have to start. So if anyone has to start it, pediatrician, OB, then they need to be able to be wavered. So they're, everybody's automatically wavered. Just to get your DEA license now, you have to take the eight-hour course. Oh, Right. So everyone has to take the course and be proficient. Here's the way I look at it. And See, it's ba- I, I took it. I took, and it was, yeah. it was. Uh, oh, what's basic, happening now though basic. with fentanyl in the, in emergency medicine is crazy. People are getting up to 64 milligrams. Oh my God. There, there's Byron. I at the, at the, the stand, <laughs> dude, I do remember somebody. How long ago was that? Like over two years ago. That was an Afro ago too. <laughs> but is that, I, I can't. Well, yeah. That must have been the first time I'd done it, right? I yeah, can't believe I've been doing deal. it that long. To me, they feel like new friends. <laughs> it's so weird. And I do, and I didn't notice the guy coming by with the pipe until last time I was there. So that was not you. No, Jake is new. Yeah, Jake. Okay, but wow. Hey, wow. thank you, V Shred. I've lost a little weight since then. I've lost, <laughs> I've lost like fifteen pounds. Yeah. So um, that shit works. But in any event, um, you were saying that the, uh, the with the fentanyl. Oh, my God. So, yeah, in other words, fentanyl has a very high affinity for the receptor. So even after you're not high and you're, and you're not in withdrawal during that period, you give somebody Suboxone and they go into precipitated withdrawal. So it's like there's a couple of beds in, in the average ER now for inductions, right? Because yeah. now the big thing is start it. In when the ER, yeah. Right. Which I'm all for. Oh, all yeah. Them. Well, the and so, something. But the, what do you do when they start going to precipitate withdrawal? They'll well, I'm, push little, I'm confused because fentanyl is also very, very short acting. Why can't you just wait a couple hours before you do it's the induction? It's not a couple because the because it sits on it, it has a ver, it sits on the receptor even though for a it's not active even, even though it's not active longer yeah. than other, right other it's other like it's, it's it's it, think of it like methadone in terms of how long do you have to really? wait really yeah well not well not as long but that's what they that's in the protocol why do they why do they keep having to use it so frequently then use the, the fentanyl they use like every four hours the, the addicts because the high doesn't go so away, I see. So the, but so it's the, still on the receptors. I see. And so that's weird. So then is it on? The, is it maybe not on the mu receptors? On some of the other receptors? No, it's on and, the mu. That's weird. It seems weird to me that they not have high and have withdrawal. It seems weird. I don't. And those two things. There's seem this period of time, and then the next step is <laughs> IV Versed or Ativan, and then IV ketamine. So they have beds in the ER where people that go into precipitated withdrawal, they'll go up to 64 milligrams of. Remember when Suboxone, the maximum was eight milligrams. The first day, 12, it's like out the window if you look at these protocols. What do they do now? Well, you just keep Keep pushing it. Yeah. So so I'm a little – I'm pushing back on the Versetta a little bit because in my world, at least heroin, uh, intermediate, even short-acting benzos make withdrawal worse. But it's the – Unless you put them to sleep. Why don't they use propofol or something like that? Probably probably need anesthesia for that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not doing, I'm not in the ER doing this, but I've just, I've sort of consulted and they'll call and it was, so it got to be, it's almost like a psychotic state. They're going, the precipitated withdrawal is so intense and so out of control. So, how long does it take to get the dose where they need it? Just curious, a fentanyl addict. 
like can they get an induction in six, no. six or eight hours? Well, when they get into that state, sometimes they keep more. They will keep they longer than that, right? But and how do they predict who's going to get like, any way to predict who's going to get no. that? Something's something's not right with how we're thinking about this. Yeah. Well, Something, something's not right. Yeah. But if the, the idea is why? Because if it were really just receptor occupation, everybody would have it. There's something else that we're not thinking about. I don't know. Anyway, we got to wrap it up. All right. Good. Fast Guys, interesting. Yes, interesting. We let a little history, a little skank history, yeah. a little addiction medicine. And uh, yeah, I hope people learn something. So thank you, Bruce. Always great to see you. Okay. And uh, we'll be back again next show with the great. Uh, Max Apata will be in here as well. And um, yeah, find me at uh, Rumble. Uh, sign up, uh, pres- subscribe on the Rumble channel, please, everybody. We'll see you there. Bye. Mahalo. Pluto TV is as easy as it is free, and it's totally free. With over 300 channels and thousands of TV shows and movies, finding what you love has never been easier. Just open the app, and something good will already be playing. Because it's curated by real humans who love TV as much as you do. So you'll spend a lot less time scrolling and a whole lot more time watching. That's why Pluto TV is TV the way it should be. All you need to do is download the app and start streaming. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never.